It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. All right, everybody. Welcome to Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Thank you for being here on your Saturday. We've got a lot of good topics up for discussion today as me and CV once again volley back and forth from segment to segment. Also, some really great guests on the docket as well. Mike France running for Congress in the second of CT. He'll be on with us a little bit later. First up, uh, segment three, we'll have Joel Schimmel. If you don't know Joel is... He's a writer and director, and he's got this new series coming out called Marvel and DC's War on God, the Antichrist taking over. And there's going to be a lot of discussion about some of his older, uh, some of his older documentaries. One of them, which I know in particular from 2004, which is called "They Sold Their Soul for Rock and Roll." Um, and a lot of people out there have probably seen that as well. That's one of his more famous documentaries. And then we're going to have Gordon Vidal, who hasn't been on with us for a while. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of these shootings that have occurred uh, throughout the country and why they all seem to be happening at such a great rate with such a similar pattern. I wasn't going to talk about this, but we're going to do it anyway since they put such a great effort into lying to the people. Uh, the January 6th hearings, I'm sure a lot of you folks didn't see that, and maybe a few of you did. Uh, the rating wasn't very good from what I understand, but that didn't stop them from creating a fiasco. The first thing I want to say is, uh, here's some things I thought before it was going. I thought it was kind of convenient that this came out after the film 2000 Mules it started to pick up, pick up steam. I think that was done for a reason. I think that's kind of obvious. And to get started with the topic of discussion with these hearings, there's one of the gentlemen that was speaking in front of the board, um, a black man. He kind of looked like Carl Winslow from, uh, from Family Matters, if you remember that show from the 90s. I, I don't know who he is. I'm, I'm assuming he's... Uh, a politician of some sort. And he said that what we had on January 6th, make no mistake about it, was a coup attempt to overthrow the government. Well, maybe. I also think that there was a coup attempt to overthrow the people and to stop the people's will on election day when all swing states at 11 o'clock at night were going towards Trump and then when you woke up, they all were going for Biden. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I hear people talking about a back and a forth on, on whether this would have hurt the election or not. And we still talk about it. And it, I am getting sick of the subject matter. Uh, but they were playing some of the audio from Bill Barr at this hearing, which, by the way, will be back on Monday in case you, you're so riveted by all the wild uh, new stuff that they put out there, which was nothing. Uh, Bill Barr continues to say he doesn't believe that it affected the election. Well, I do. I do. I thought it the very next day. 
I don't care what Bill Barr says. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what Mike Pence says. Quite frankly, I don't care what you think. My personal, uh, my personal opinion after everything that I've seen two years later and the night of back then is that this election was rigged. I mean, come on, man. There's just too much There's too much sticking out there for me to say otherwise. And anybody on our side that, that thinks that it didn't affect the election, well, let's be honest. You never wanted Trump back in the White House, right? That's what it is. You didn't like Trump. So you put in some moron that doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and now the country's falling apart while he poops his pants. Liz Cheney on the board. I don't care. I don't want to go about uh, talking about Liz Cheney. I do want to talk about the fact that they brought up a uh, Trump call for the hanging of Mike Pence. But you notice, they don't have any audio of that. They don't have any video with Trump saying anything like that. It's just a blanket statement that the media, of course, runs with after they say it. So all this, uh, all this new evidence, most of it is hearsay, as John LeBoulier knows a lot about. Hearsay. All the hearsay was being brought to the front. The big shocking video was of some of the rioters that were there from both sides, by the way, which we know is true now, which I've been saying from the very beginning. Both sides pushing over a barrier and a woman that was behind the barrier pushed down to the ground and was hurt. That was the, that was the huge revelation this was nothing. It was a nothing burger. Once again, the discussion never really talked about the other side of the issue. See, that's what really ticks me off. They never got into the fact that there was a request for the National Guard to be at the event, that there were monies that were asked to be put forward by Donald Trump that never were, that Nancy Pelosi refused the usage of the National Guard along with other Senate and Congressional Democrats. Now, why did they refuse that? Think about it. The Democrats love spending your money like it's going out of style, like there's no tomorrow. We print money so that they can spend more of it. Uh, so all of a sudden, they felt that that, didn't have, that that wasn't needed. We didn't have to do that, right? Here's the truth. They didn't do it because they wanted this result. That's the bottom line. Anyone that can't see that is either blinded by their ideology to the extreme left, a stupid liberal, or just blind to politics altogether and doesn't really care in the first place. And any of those folks that fall in either three of those categories, you don't really need to worry about because their opinions are mute on the situation. There was nothing new. They just basically wanted to get in front of the country and tell you how bad Trump supporters are and how evil Donald J. Trump is and how fortunate we are to now have this embarrassing piece of garbage in the White House who can't fix a damn thing because he's a puppet and he's being controlled. So now... What they're going to do is they're going to go on with this stunning. Uh, you know, I bet they get an Emmy. I bet they get a few Emmys, don't you think? I think they will. Maybe some of the pedophile directors 
in Hollyweird will give them an Emmy. Because so many more. Oh, and by the way, why the hell? Why the hell is Adam Schiff still on this board? Or put on this board, rather, for these hearings? Why? This guy got in front of the world. Everybody knows what he did. He lied. Completely lied and fabricated about a phone call between Trump and Ukrainian leadership. Not only not only lied, made the whole thing up and read it verbatim like it was fact. He did it very cleverly, being the sick, sick pedophile that he is. And by the way, if, if you're asking, why do you keep calling Adam Schiff a pedophile? He is. He's gotten in trouble for some of the very young male folks that have worked on his staff. And he has been, uh, he's actually had his wrist slapped a couple times about overreach with some of these young males. Eh, 19. All right, that's not pedophilia, but it's, it's still gross. It's, he's just a gross person. And for me to take a, a reach in the other way would be a total turnaround. So he's still, he's still running the show over there. You know, I hope a lot of Americans that watch this, I know Lee, when I called in with Lee on Thursday, he said there's going to be some idiots that watch it that actually take it for what it is. I think there's also going to be a lot of people out there that watch it and, you know, shake their head and say, these people are sick. And that's exactly what they always end up doing to themselves. The same thing that happened with Russiagate. These people, they spend all this money. You know why? Because they don't want you to know what they're actually doing. So if they keep spending money, keep throwing it against the wall, you'll and see if it sticks, that spaghetti sticks, you'll say, well, there's got to be something here. They can't keep spending all this money. They can't keep putting this in front of the, the public, the American public, if there's nothing there. Well, they do it all the time, and they're doing it here. There was not one revelation on this hearing from from Thursday night that showed me anything else but lies, again, with these Democrats and with Liz Cheney and the rest of the mob. Uh, we're going to be coming back. CV's got a great uh, subject for you coming up next, and after that, we're going to have Joel Shimalon, biography director. We'll have Joel on then. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulate. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 Fox News Radio. C.V. Burton, present and accounted for. What I'm about to show you is a psychological snapshot into the minds of leftists who are now in power, both here and in Canada. It explains a lot. You are about to go into the mind of a truly psychotic individual who, if you could see this video which I will include on the video version of this episode, which will be available on freedomondeck.com sometime on Monday, probably late Monday. And it will be called 
restore our justice system. So look for that video, restore our justice system. You'll see the video of this crazed individual. You'll see how demonic she looks. Her eyes are bulging, exposing the whites above the irises, which, as I always point out, is a sign of madness at best and demonic possession at worst. You'll see that Hillary exposes the whites above her irises. Adam Shifty Shift does it almost all the time. Insane Antifa rioters also have that look. When anyone displays the whites above their irises, walk the other way. Unless they're attacking you. Then stand your ground, if you're so inclined. Anyway, the woman in this video is shining the whites above her irises like an SUV at night, blinding you with their brights on. I hate when they do that. Even if they're behind me in my rearview mirror, they blind me. If you're one of those people who drive around with your brights on, just just stop, okay? But I digress. This video is a window into what really turns leftists on. First, I'm going to play the video uninterrupted so you get the skinny on it, and then I'll play it again and interrupt with commentary. But first, let me give a little background. Tammy Cepedis is a self-described human resources recruiter, and she put out this video on TikTok or something like that, or Instagram. She's from Ontario, Canada. Just listen to it in its entirety. It's only about two minutes long rights and freedom that would tell you that but since you seem to forget that and you're all loud and proud with your big thoughts and your big big ideas and you want to whatever fucking set up hot tubs in ottawa i'm a recruiter it's a small 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 industry smaller than you'd think same with hr so if you're looking for a job or maybe trying to keep a job maybe just maybe think about what you're putting on social media. Again, freedom fighters. I know you're not really big with stats and, you know, facts aren't your thing, you know? But what I can tell you, what is a fact, is that recruiters talk. And recruiters, like the majority of Canada, don't agree with you. Do you know what that means? Do you have any guesses? Any guesses what that means? What that means is that if you need a job, you might not get one. If you want to keep a job, you might not get to do that. And you know what else HR is good at? Documentation. You know what that means? You want to be an asshole. We document it. We give you a couple tries. Then what do we do? We terminate you. With cause. If we're so lucky. If not, we give you the minimum allowed by law. Either way, best of luck to you. Recruiters are watching. HR is watching everywhere. And we hate you. We hate you so much. And you think we can't do anything. But we can. We have the power. Always remember that. Doesn't matter if there's a fucking man at the top of your HR department. It's run by women. And it's run by angry women just like me. <sighs> I'm so, so glad I got that off my chest. It's been eating me up inside. And honestly, my heart goes out to you guys. I mean, you have families to feed, right? You brought your kids to this big event. You're freedom fighters. You're standing up. Oh, they will be so, so proud. So, so, so.
so proud of you. Fuck yourself. Fuck, fuck, fuck yourself. Mwah. Love you. You get it? You see the mindset behind these leftist tyrants? These are the same type of people. All right, she's in recruiting, all right? She's in HR departments. This same mindset is in social media. It's in it's all over Twitter. She just admitted it. She hates 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 you. And you think if you're a patriot that you're going to get a fair shake in Facebook or Twitter? Why are you even on Facebook or Twitter? It's like it's Stockholm syndrome. You love to stay on there and complain about how they put you in Facebook jail or or they shadow ban you and they you laugh about it or they deplatform you and then you laugh about it and then you want to get back on again. It's like stop. Go to Truth Social. I tried Getter. Getter is a joke. Forget Getter. I might like Getter if they knit me a sweater, but I'm on Truth Social. These people that they're like rapists. It's all about forcing people, period. Forcing them to do what? Doesn't matter. They just get a thrill out of forcing people to do whatever. And they'll use whatever weapons or leverage they have at their disposal. It's an addiction to the drunkenness of power. HR is watching everywhere. And we hate you. We hate you so much. And you think we can't do anything. But we can. We Always remember that. If you don't toe the line like they think you should, or if you speak out of turn, they'll sadistically enjoy punishing you. Maybe you'll never work again. Maybe you'll become homeless and starve to death. They'd love it. Honestly, my heart goes out to you guys. I mean, you have families to feed, right? You brought your kids to this big event. You're freedom fighters. You're standing up. Oh, they will be so, so proud. So officials with the Human Resources Professional Association are aware of this video posted by one of its regulated members. And it said it does not condone or endorse in any way the statements made in the video. Yeah, sure. And it is reviewing this matter to determine if there has been a breach of its rules of professional conduct. If there hasn't been a breach of its rules and professional conduct, then its rules of professional conduct is a total joke. Okay? It is BizPack Review that highlighted the video, which was reposted by columnist Glenn Greenwald, who called her the president of hell and bluntly warned that this hateful leftist HR job recruiter was putting her ideological foes on notice in this creepy video. Uh, creepy is an understatement. He continues, The bizarre rant comes from north of the border in Justin Trudeau's Canada, a nation where many have been driven mad by COVID and their preening leftist leaders demonizing of those who dared to speak out against his draconian lockdowns and restrictions as white supremacists and racists, turning millions of Canadians into enemies of the people in the eyes of their fellow citizens. Just so you know what you're dealing with, you people out there who are apprehensive about sharing your opinions, even if you didn't start the conversation, 
You might be afraid to answer how you really feel. Now you know how brainwashed they are to hate your guts. You just want lower taxes and less federal interference in your livelihoods. But they are bred to think you're this misogynist, homophobe, privileged white supremacist. You know it's all garbage. Yet you keep silent while they trounce all over you in a menagerie of ways. And you just take it. You stay there on their social media platforms. You're hoping you don't trigger people too much. Screw that. Throw it right back in their faces because they are the bigots. They are the fascists. They are the tyrants. And they are the haters. Get off their platforms. Join Truth Social. And to quote Gavin McGinnis, get fired, get in trouble, and never stop fighting. All right. Chet's coming up next. He has some great guests. I'll be back in the middle for another segment, and then I'll wrap it up at the end, criticizing the January 1st committee. This is Freedom on Deck, 94.9 Fox News. I feel like I've been cheating somehow. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. On the line with us right now is produced by Good Fight Ministries titled Marvel and DC's War on God, the Antichrist Agenda Exposing Anti-Bible Messages in Pop Culture. Pastor Joel Shimmer, what is going on here with Hollyweird and with Marvel and DC Studios? Yeah, the first installment didn't really cover Doctor Strange, but we can cover that as well. That'd be great. That's that's one coming up. Sure. But the first installment, I mean, uh, we we show that you know the basically, for instance, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon is the director of of Event Avengers movie. He's a uh, director of Avengers: Age of Ultron, uh, Agent of the Shield, popular TV series, and so forth. And he received uh, at Harvard University a Cultural Humanism Award there at the Memorial Church there on campus. And during the and it lets you know where these guys are going from. I like to see, hey, what are these writers saying? What are the directors saying? He wrote and directed a lot of this stuff. Okay. And he says at this in, in, when he's receiving his award, and we have this on video. He says, "How do we codify our moral structure without the sky bully referring to God, without the sky bully looking down on us and telling us what we're supposed to do and so forth and saying we, we're against the sky bully?" But this stuff gets projected into the movies he directs and sure. or at least some of them. And for instance, I'll give you an example is, uh, you know, the Avengers Age of Ultron. And it's probably wise that the folks that are listening know that if they look at the top 10 movie genres of all time right now, four out of the 10 are based on comics. And I'll just mention the first one is Avengers, the Avenger movies where uh, it's, uh, you know, Iron Man's the center of the cinematic universe. Sure. And this, and he's making an Avengers movie, Age of Ultron. And guess what? He's a, He's casting... Uh, Ultron as the sky bully and the sky bully is saying upon this rock I'll build my church sets up his headquarters in an in, in, in old broken down church he says uh, things like for instance when he's going to destroy the world he goes just ask Noah what happened you know oh and he yeah God over and over again so this is getting put in the minds of the children that they should reject a worldview that is biblical and accept a worldview that is uh, and it's, it goes beyond humanism it goes into the occult you had mentioned 
uh, the, the new movie that came out uh, this this uh, last month. Uh, Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that particular movie, that was the second Doctor Strange movie. Uh, a lot of people are unaware that one of the main guys that did the story behind Doctor Strange was by a guy by the name of Steve Englehart. In fact, he revamped. He, he takes credit for being the main writer for both Marvel and DC through the 70s and 80s. Okay. And he became an Aleister Crowley. I mean, he became a member of Aleister Crowley, the most highly regarded Satanist of last century. Sure. He became a member of his cult group, his occult group, brought his magic into Doctor Strange, made stories where Doctor Strange fights the one who destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, the one that creates the, the Marvel Universe, who becomes evil. And Doctor Strange becomes the good guy. Well, we reveal that Doctor Strange was made in the image of Satan Celeste Crowley. We show in his first incarnation as Doctor Droom, not to be confused with another character named Doctor Doom. Yeah, Doctor Droom, D R O O M. Uh, if you, if, if your audience, they could just type in Doctor Droom with an R, type in Lester Crowley, and they'll see the two ball-headed guys, and they'll say, "Wow." They look like they're twins, you know, and then they change into Dr. Druid and they finally change to Dr. Strange. Same origin story as Dr. as Aleister Crowley. It's, it's so crazy well, because I, I've seen I've seen Aleister Crowley and you're right. He looks like Dr. Strange. He really does. Yeah. The first incarnation, Dr. Droom, D-R-O-O-M. If you go to the first incarnation of Dr. Strange and, and then uh, then, uh, you know, his creator said, hey, we want to bring back the sorcerer, Dr. Droom. And then who became Dr. Druid in the form of Dr. Strange. Uh, then they end up bringing him back in the form of uh, Doctor Strange, who, by the way, uses the eye in the triangle, is from England, is mixed, is a sorcerer, goes to the Himalayas, does all the things that Crowley did in his origin story, wow. and practices his magic in the Sanctum Sanctorum, it's called, in Marvel Comics. Well, that's exactly what Crowley called his so-called Sanctum Sanctorum, he practices magic. So a lot of there's a lot of occult background that's being pushed in the comics that's now coming to the movies, and our children are being introduced to an occult worldview and, and a biblical worldview of right and wrong, good and evil, choosing good over evil, trusting God, putting your faith in the Lord, is being repudiated, and the characters who are evil, I mean, this is something that, that should just really uh, <laughs> blow you away. If you look at the top writers, uh, if you look at, like, comic book review the top fanzine yeah. site for comics yeah. you type in the top writers the top three writers just or just the top two for the sake of time Al, uh alan moore uh and then you type in grant morrison those are the top are you just typing you go to the, the top poll of the top hundred guys those guys will be the top two yeah both those guys admit being practitioners of satanist Lester crowley's magic they both claim to have contacted demonic entities they claim to be used by these entities to one degree or another in their art Joseph uh alan morris says i'm like joseph goebbels you know uh the, wow. the minister yeah. of the nazi he goes but i do it for art uh grant morrison uh same thing, Grant Morrison. I, 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 we show one video, or one of our clips, where you see Grant Morrison talking to a ton of kids. They're like treating him like he's the Beatles. Has a big picture of Lester Crowley in the background, projected with six 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 under him, saying, "Hey, kids, you need to practice his magic. You know, you need to. It really works. That's how I got in touch with these entities." And, and oh my you. god! Oh, they. Oh, and this is being promoted. I mean, these are the top writers. So it, it's it's obvious. And at goodfight.org, I'm just letting people know if they want to grab it, our video, or check it out. There's a lot of free – if they don't want to pay for anything, don't even worry. We want to get the news out. You go to our YouTube site. You go to our, our, our website, and you can go ahead and just click things, and your eyes will be open that, hey, parents need to be aware of how their children – these guys are actually after their children. Maybe one more real good example of Alan Moore because he's like considered the Shakespeare of graphic novels. In fact, Time Magazine listed him as one of the 
top hundred writers of literature in human history of yeah. English literature, I should say, his Watchmen, which became a movie some time ago. Right. He literally, I'm not kidding. He literally, I mean, he worships an entity called Glycon. He claims to be a Gnostic and so forth, practices Crowley's magic. But he literally took little girls from uh, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, Wendy from Peter Pan, Alice from Alice in Wonderland, and he puts them in sexual situations, incestuous situations, girl is as young as 14 years old he has adults in these sexual situations and he's confronted by the bbc on a on their news program which is not very conservative saying hey this looks like uh, child pornography and he says it is porn he says it's pornography he admits it he goes but they're not real people i'm just using imaginary people these are the minds that are making a lot of the top comics that people buy and are infiltrating the hearts of millions of conservative christian parents and just conservatives in general not knowing that their worldviews are being flipped upside down pastor joel shimmel on the line with us right now and pastor you know this goes beyond that too because actually a few weeks back me and my kids were watching the new star wars and all the undertones of uh transgender and all these different things that you catch that are in this storyline of this of this movie became very evident to me and of course, I look out for these things, and I was uh, I was disappointed and turned it off and didn't let my children watch it. Of course, you know it, it's not the same as what we were watching when I was a kid. I'm sure they had that stuff. It seems like it's amped up to you know, as Spinal Tap would say, eleven. Uh, you're an old rock and roller, so I know that. <laughs> no, you know what that means. But that is what this is, correct? No, absolutely correct. I'll give you an example. The, the new Doctor Strange movie that came out, even Doctor Strange is not able to transverse as a, as a lead sorcerer, uh, male sorcerer is not able to transverse the various dimensions in the multiverse. But guess who is? America Chavez is her name, and she's a lesbian in the comics, and she's got the special ability. And in the comics, she flirts with several different female superheroes. Uh, she's part of the Young Avengers, and the Young Avengers, you know, Kid Loki, Wiccan, Hulking, uh, Prodigy, and Speed. Kate, I mean, over and over again, there's all these uh, uh, transgender, transsexual, or, or gay characters. In fact, almost all the new uh, Kid Avengers are are homosexual or what have you. Mm -hmm. And but she's not portrayed that way in the movie. But guess what? Her parents. She has two moms, lesbians who she belongs to and they're portrayed that way in the movie you see their moms in the new movie that came out so they're pushing the envelope on every every level uh just trying to you know change uh you know we believe you know god created us in his image male and female he made us and the two as jesus said would become one flesh and the scriptures say in the end you know good would become evil and evil would be called good and darkness would be put for light and light for darkness so we think it's just critical that that parents are aware you know, our hearts go out to them. I'm a parent. Now I'm a grandparent. Get older fast. I'm like, wow, where did the time go? But mm. you know what? We're going to fight the good fight. You know, we're going to encourage our children to, to know God's word and give them a biblical worldview. And Well, Joel, Joel Schimmel, Pastor Joel Schimmel, founder of Good Fight Ministries, on the line with us. If you could just give everybody uh, the website that you would like them to go to and how they check out uh, the docuseries and the name of the docuseries and where to check it out. Yeah, if they go to Good Fight one word goodfight.org uh they'll see i mean we have it up there the very first thing you'll see now is our is that video and that'll bring you to our another our, our website where we get into the uh the first installment they can order the first installment of the docuseries they can rent it and you know like i said the uh that i'm gonna go watch it myself i i know your old work you've done some really good documentaries especially the one in 04 and i'm looking forward to this uh, i would love to be on with you again it's been a joy thank you so much for the opportunity thank you thank you pastor thank you. god bless thank you, thank you very much Everybody, that's Pastor Joe Schimmel. Go and check it out. Um, I'll tell you 
for all the listeners out there right now, I will post a link right on our poster page uh, with 94.9 and Fox News so that you can just go and check it out more easier that way and make it a little easier for you to get in our social uh, social networks, okay? Don't go anywhere. We have a lot more show to go here. 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk Fox News Radio. Unforgotten How could they They will pay When their ego Cries Welcome back to Freedom on Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk Coming up after this segment, we've got the one and only Mike France, and he's going to be coming on and talking to us for a little bit. But before we get to our second guest, I do want to mention the fact that today, actually yesterday, a year ago was the day that we lost a very good friend to the show and a very good friend inside a lot of the in and out crowds that I know throughout social media through some of the podcasts and uh, some people that are involved with a lot smaller media, including uh, Julio Rivera from Newsmax, Andrea Kay from Salem News, myself and a few others as well, even uh, C.V. Burton, who's with Freedom on Deck, but prior to him coming over to Freedom on Deck. And a lot of the guests that I have on as well, including Keith Lewis Swoop, as you may know, uh, was a good friend of Xander's. And, uh, you know, I, we, we've missed him over the last year. It got to the point where Xander was coming on with me on an every other week basis, which was a lot for Freedom on Deck, but I thought it was worth it because he brought such a unique insight inside of, you know, his world. And, uh, and it was always something that I really enjoyed having discussions with Xander Gibb through his show or our show. As anybody that was listening back then knows, Xander was a uh, a gay conservative who at one time was extremely liberal, but kind of came over to the right side of the aisle when he started noticing that a lot of the things that he believed in and a lot of the people that he talked with weren't really on his side in so many ways. To say that, and I don't want to put words in Xander's mouth, obviously, he's, he's not here with us now. But one thing that he did do on a consistent basis was he fought back. Um, he was not afraid to push back when somebody challenged him. He was not afraid to say what was on his mind, whether it was in agreement with his listeners or not. Uh, he was willing to take anybody on, whether they were a guest whether they were trying to throw barbs to him online like most cowards do, and anybody that had similar thoughts and beliefs or opposite thoughts and beliefs, Xander was always willing to have the conversation and be able to break bread and, and talk with them as well. And, and he, did it, he did it in a way that I thought 
didn't it wasn't a defeatist way to tackle having a discussion with someone on the other side and it wasn't also too uh too upfront and vigilant he was vigilant in a way but it wasn't it wasn't to take down the opposing viewpoint but it was to do it in a way where you argued your point and got it across and didn't back down that's something that i try to do i don't try to bash anyone else's viewpoint unless i know it's harmful to this country or harmful to others harmful to children you know, sometimes when I hear folks on the left side of the aisle saying you got to hear all sides, well, you know what? I'm not going to listen to people that are pedophiles. I'm not going to listen to people that are dangerous. That's just not something I do. I'm not going to promote it, and I'm not going to put it on my show. And especially when some of the folks out there that claim that they listen to both sides are promoting evil, dark people that I know are bad for this country. So that's kind of like the takeaway I took with Xander too. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't back down. And I think that's kind of how everybody should be. You should never back down with your convictions if they're right. You know, trying to please. You know, trying to appease the other side, trying to please everybody, trying to be in the center. It's BS. Nobody does that. It's like this. Uh, you know. When I find myself doing that, I have to take it back and say, what are they really talking about? What are they what are they promoting? What are they advocating for and who are they? Are they dangerous? Are they bad? You know, you, there's a lot of people out there that pretend to be one thing and they're the direct opposite. Wolf in sheep's clothing. There's some people on that other side that are just really dangerous. And you need to watch out. You need to watch out for who you're breaking bread with, who you're sitting with, who you're associating with, because that all means something. And that sort of information will be gathered on you as well as on them. And if you think it's not, man, I got something to tell you. Uh, it's the same thing that's, you know, that, that can be said throughout these webs on social media and you see what's going on right now when they're trying to uh, promote these these hearings, which I think are ridiculous. But you can see that there are a lot of people on our side that were there that are now backing away some of the people from the Proud Boys that are saying that it was uh, it was a coup, and they're saying, and you know, you know damn well that these these folks were put into place um, in a way. That was probably well planned out. Let's put it that way. I always say to folks on our side of the aisle, watch out for the people you're supporting. And don't ever be blinded by it. Don't ever be blinded by someone who's on who's on that side of the aisle that you're saying, man, this guy's great. And then all of a sudden, a year later down the line, you see he's bashing Trump. Well, he was picked by Trump. He, I thought he was going to... Well, you could, sometimes you have to dig a little farther than that. And you got to figure out who these people are for themselves. And then start to, uh, start to understand that there are, there are these, these types in every group, in every, in every gathering, in every type of uh, political setting and structure. They're, they're always there. But it's someone like Xander Gibb who, as a homosexual man, 
uh, who was living in the UK at the time, at one time lived in in New York, and and also had an had established himself in Connecticut as well for a little while. I remember he had that working number that was that was a Connecticut number. That's how I first started talking to Xander. You know, it's weird too, to, and to get off the point about uh, who he was politically. The first time that I ever spoke to Xander was by calling in to the show that he did. And that was the one thing that kind of caught me off guard was it was a Connecticut number. Now, I know because of calling into Lee every day and at that time, years ago, this was probably 2016, maybe 2015. It was right around there. And uh, that was I just started calling Xander up because he had a few guests on that I knew of and some of them that had been on our show at the time with Freedom on Deck. And Xander used to have myself, and then he would start having me on, and he also had uh, someone that did the show with us, Justin Dickerson, was on a few times with him. And I think Brian, yeah, Brian was on a few times with him as well. And then also, that's the way I I got in touch with CV, CV Burton, with Freedom on Deck as well, was through Xander. So, you know, he's a big part of this show. He still is, and he's, he's very missed. I will say there was there was a lot that I was brought to my attention that Xander was going through towards the end of his life that was heartbreaking. And I feel horrible that I didn't really know that that was happening health wise, health wise, uh, a lot of the stuff that he was going through, because if I had known, I, I would have helped him in a minute. I would have done whatever I could have done uh, to help the guy out because he was just an awesome, awesome, awesome person. Uh, regardless of his sexuality or his political leanings. At first, when we first started uh, talking with one another, we didn't agree on everything either. We agreed more than we disagreed, and I think that's kind of what established our friendship and then, you know, me going on with him on pretty much a weekly basis with his podcast and then him coming on with us, which turned into an every-other-week thing towards the last year. Uh, but when he passed away, man, it killed me, man. It really did. It hurt. It hurt pretty bad. It was, I th- believe, and I'm sure he'll tell me if I'm wrong, it was Julio Rivera that told me, and it was like a missed call. I told him, hey, I'm, you know, I'm putting the kids down. What's going on? And so when he told me, you know, well, Xander, Xander died. He's passed away. And it was, uh, it was out of nowhere. It was out of left field. Um, and then I was able to get in touch with his family and, you know, we did a memorial show and, and, uh, a lot of the guests that come on here with me had been on with him, Dan Wass, Swoop, Keith Lewis, uh, Andrea Kay, Julio Rivera, uh, and there's a number of others too. And I just want everybody to know that, you know, he was dearly loved on this show. He will be sorely missed, um, not only here, but everywhere that he was. He was one of a kind. And I love him, and I miss him very much. Xander Gibb, I love you, man. Keep a seat for me at the table, sir. We'll be back. Mike Friends. Welcome back to 
on deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Make sure you check out freedomondeck.com. Look over there, see what we got to offer, old shows, some of our wonderful, all-time great guests, some of our national guests, and some of our regulars, one that's become one of our favorites and a favorite to the station, a favorite for sure to the Lee Elsie program, and, and, and one of my all-time favorite guys in the world, too. I got to say it like that. Uh, Tony D. Tony D'Angelo. Tony, how are you, sir? Uh, Chet Martin, I'm doing great. It is proud to be uh, among you. I'm proud to be among you. And uh, it is proud to be among the... Uh, I am proud. <laughs> Let's get our pronouns We're all right proud. <laughs> I am proud to be among the great folks here. The, and, you know, I got to tell you, I really do appreciate... The hookup with Bob Swick. He's become a regular too, and Bob knows his stuff. And I mean, um, he's done such a good job. Like, you know, you and I and six other people have. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, can, can possibly remember. He's just a remarkable guy, highly technical. Uh, just, uh, he's just wonderful. And uh, I'm so glad he's contributing on your show. So, speaking of people that forget a lot, um, we're going to talk about Joe Biden a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I got to tell you, uh, the gas prices are going through the roof. For my Toyota Avalon 05, ye, uh, two days ago, it cost me over $90. And I got to tell you that I haven't seen... I haven't seen that in a very, very long time, and I've I've owned this car for a very, very long time. Uh, inflation's through the roof, and you sent me a pretty, uh, a pretty interesting article, and it was an op-ed that was featured in the Wall Street Journal, penned by Mr. Biden recently. I don't know necessarily that I, because I was reading through it, I don't know that he penned it or if someone else did it for him. But there's a lot of um, passing the buck here. So, Tony, the state of this economy, the state of this administration, where are we? Well, it's pretty awful, Chet Martin. I mean, we've got a 35 percent economic approval rating for this president. And uh, you listen to what people are saying about him. He's listless. He's not responding. Um, they, I watched something uh, I've gotten into uh, with the crazy markets. I've been uh, watching the, uh, the Asian feeds, uh, you know, like after dinner. It's pretty interesting. You learn a lot. You learn a lot of things about different perspectives. Last night, I was watching an interview that uh, David Rubenstein had done with Ron Klain, who is, you know, high up in the Biden uh, advisory vein. And basically... This guy, you talk about Slick Willie, this guy's been doing this since Clinton. He's got this wonderful veneer, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, patina of Biden. He's on everything. He knows what he's doing. And as he's speaking, Chet, his voice becomes less and less convincing because he knows what's happening. and He's got an incredible... (laughs) difficult job because you've got to cover for a guy who uh, really as time goes on you know you just you know you just can't keep covering for him that's how out of touch with everything this guy is you know the the amazing and you really uh, hit a good point about him being out of touch and um the excuse with the gas and i understand this is the the, the reason i use the gas is because everybody can kind of relate when they when they say oh yes. yeah i had to fill mine it was here i had to fill mine it was here you see the joe biden stickers he comes and, and tony he says well we're in a transition period here a transition period to what well that's the thing i think this is what his people tell him yes um 
Biden's trying to do that, and it's so pitifully embarrassing. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy is the leader of the free world, and he, he just you know can't even put two or three coherent thoughts together. Now, I'm not going to make fun of whatever you want to call it, senior issues or senile dementia or things like that. But, you know, being in the hot seat or the hottest seat in the United States of America is not a place for somebody who's really functioning at that level. And Tony D'Angelo on the line with us, Tony D to the show. And, you know, Tony, the thing, the thing is, People get upset when you say he might have dementia. I'm glad you brought this up. They're starting to lose the fastball. This guy left his a couple of years ago. And uh, the, the mannerisms, the attention, the tell-all is the eyes. Look at his eyes. They'll tell you everything you need to know. And isn't it important that we discuss this? I mean, I see I see somebody up there that's not all there. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not picking on him despite the fact that I never liked Joe Biden as a human being anyway, but I'm not there p- picking this out because I'm just trying to slam the guy, but there's something missing there and this is the leader of the free world that's supposed to get us out of inflation, out of a suffering economy. No way, Tony. Well, it it's simple beans. It really is. And the thing is I guess in this world of whatever you want to call it, uh, I'm just going to call it Democrat-induced hysteria or living on a cloud that doesn't exist or whatever the case may be. Your first official act, Chet Martin, if you're Joe Biden, is you cut the pipeline. You make us incredibly energy-dependent. That's the first thing you do. So anybody relying, any good, you know, like the part of Connecticut that I live in, we are entire. There's no rail up here. We are entirely dependent on what trucks will bring us. Yes. So that if you're going to now make fuel harder to get and you're going to make in, in my particular state, which is Connecticut, um, diesel fuel tax that more. Um, you know, our goods and services go up. I'm now looking at trips and saying, can I get all this done in one trip as opposed to two or three? And then again, when I'm doing this, I'm compressing somebody else's economy. Now, Joe Biden, you know, the the Democratic thought is, uh, well, if we tax the corporations more, uh, we'll cure inflation. Well, how will you do that, Mr. Biden? Because they're paying more in taxes and they've got to make a profit for their shareholders and keep their people employed. So they're going to raise prices. Sure they are. Of course they are. And you can see that going out through, you know, forget gas prices. Go get a cup of coffee in the morning. It's up. Go get an egg sandwich in the morning because I work. I work five days a week. I know what's up. If I go to get an egg sandwich, a coffee, and a juice, I'm spending $16 this week. This is all raising because they have to raise everything, don't they, Tony? Well, well, that's just it. And, like, I talked to my uh, my Arabic friend that uh, runs the Pomfret Mart, where I live in Pomfret, Connecticut. He's telling me, you know, he's making two or three cents a gallon. And the only reason why, you know, and my town has one gas station. And the only reason why we have this one gas station is this poor man, really out of mercy, has this gas station operating, and that is how people come to the store so he can make a living selling things now that are just way overpriced from where they are. And I think indicative of the whole Biden thing, and this is the whole thing, uh, one picture uh, maybe doesn't tell a story, but there's indices of certain things. 
when you go from, you know, whatever you want to call it, like take a, a Kaylee McEnany mm-hmm. or Sarah Sanders, who had to work through incredibly hostile press environments. Um, and then Kaylee was just, she was wonderful. She was prepared, you know, she'd zing, uh, you know, she'd, she'd make people, not that she was trying to make them look foolish, but they would look foolish by what they were trying to do. Now you have the most placid environments and you go from a Jen Psaki who was coherent, but yet nonsensical to a Corinne Jean Pierre who basically, uh, Chet Martin, she could be, I, she is a young lady of color. That's fine. You can be red with purple polka dots. Makes no difference. Yep. But when you are so, when you have something like that, and when you're asked a question like by Peter Ducey saying, well, how does this make everything fit together if we're going to raise prices in the corporations and we're going to, uh, you know, that's going to cure inflation? And she fumbles through her book and she gives an answer, which is to a different question. <laughs> Basically, Jimmy Biden uh, is the greatest victory. Very few people know that Jimmy Biden's even out there. And, you know, Jimmy Biden in the Ukraine, Jimmy Biden in China, you know, and. Uh, and yeah, all yeah. the involvement with those hard drives. Well, exactly. Yeah. And, and getting Jimmy there is uh, more or less kind of keeping the ship afloat. And, uh, you know, Jill wants to kind of look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm America's mom and I'm sweet and all this other kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I think uh, I, I won't go as far as to say she's Nancy Reagan, but if she's Nancy Reagan, she's doing a really good Nancy Reagan because uh, she uh, she's greasing the wheels here pretty good to make sure this goes on. I'm, I'm very concerned for America. I'm concerned for everybody. I think we and, all are. Never to the degree that that I have been. I, you know, what do you really take for granted these days? I mean, it's every day I get on my knees and I thank God for what He's doing more so than I ever have, which is kind of a shame. But it's, you know, I have no faith in so-called leadership, you know, and locally or nationally. Hard to have it. We'll get it back there, Tony. Tony D'Angelo, thank you so very much. We'll get you back on very soon. My honor, my pleasure. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks, Tony. Take care. Everybody, that was the one and only Tony D'Angelo. Tony D, as we like to call him here on Freedom on Deck. And, you know, you get to hear him also with Lee Elsie. And he's a wealth of knowledge. Don't go anywhere. 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Fox News Radio. Back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 Fox News Radio. Not that there is much justice in this country anymore, in many respects, but at the very least, judges, jurors, lawyers, and witnesses should be protected, or at least not have their home addresses readily available online. This was a bad week for judges, and Wisconsin retired Judge John Romer was found zip-tied to a chair at home and fatally shot by 56-year-old Douglas Udy, who was found with a self-inflicted gunshot wound in that same house. The judge had sentenced him to 10 years in prison 
for armed robbery, and this was his revenge. Now, federal judge Esther Salas was also targeted two years ago, this time by a lawyer with a gripe. She escaped, but she lost her son who valiantly came to her defense and her husband was seriously wounded. She's now pushing for new legislation that would scrub personal information about judges off the internet. As you know, Justice Samuel Alito's first draft in a Mississippi abortion dispute, which will most likely overturn Roe v. Wade, was leaked, probably by the office of Justice Sonia Sotomayor, appointed by Barack Obama, this generation's version of the Antichrist. And now, all hell is breaking loose, and the deep left's brown shirts are all up in arms to intimidate the justices. They want the federal government to ensure unfettered access to infanticide under the guise of women's rights. I'm sure you heard there was an assassination attempt on Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. And just like Justice Antonin Scalia was likely bumped off by mobsters in the Democrat Party back in 2016, assuming Hillary would get to pick the next Supreme Court Justice to replace him, you know the deep left would be all too gleeful had Justice Kavanaugh been murdered. They certainly were all behind his character assassination during the confirmation hearings, you remember, which included people trespassing into the Senate chambers, screaming and waving signs. But that was considered all fine and good. Funny how that works. In the wake of the draft leak, Republicans passed legislation in the Senate to beef up protection for Supreme Court justices. But Nancy Pelosi refuses to put it up for a vote in the House. Even after the assassination attempt of Judge Kavanaugh, Funny how that works. Nicholas John Roski, 26, traveled to Montgomery County from California with a mission. He wanted to kill a specific Supreme Court justice. He found his target's address online, of course, probably doxxed by the mad clown world left, and arrived in front of the justice's home in a taxi cab at about 1 a.m. Wednesday morning. Here's where it gets suspicious. Two U.S. deputy marshals spotted Roski exiting the cab in front of the home where he looked at them and then he turned and walked down the street. They did not pursue him even though he got out right in front of Kavanaugh's house and he wore black clothes and carried a suitcase and a backpack, looking a lot like Antifa, if I may be so bold. Wasn't it their job to spot suspicious persons and protect the Supreme Court justice, especially after the leak and all the uproar and threats? And this is what it sounded like later that same day in front of Kavanaugh's house, similar to what it sounds like for the past month or so. That's the mayhem that our justices have to put up with every day. 
I'll get back to what they found in Roski's backpack after he turned himself in. But let me briefly include an important side note. Pro-abortion protesters insist they are exercising their First Amendment rights, emphasizing that their demonstrations are peaceful, and they reject any notion that they are trying to influence justices. Oh, you're not trying to influence justices. Hmm. Then what are you doing outside their homes and workplace every single day? What is it, in support? Why are you not outside the homes of Justice Alita Kagan? Or Justice Sonia Sotomayor? Oh, because you trust they're going to vote your way. But you're trying to influence the others. Which is constitutionally illegal. 18 U.S. Code 1503. Whosoever corruptly or by threats or force or by any threatening letter or communication endeavors to influence intimidate or impede any grand or petty juror or officer in or of any court of the United States in any other case less than bodily harm or murder, the punishment is imprisonment for not more than 10 years and a fine under this title. But there's no justice in this country anymore. So they are allowed to continue the harassment of these justices. Now, getting back to Roski. He sees the U.S. Marshals. They see him dressed in all black with a suitcase and a backpack. And they just let him saunter down the street. They don't pursue him. They don't even question him. Why? He could have rounded the corner and cut through yards at one in the morning and come up on the back or side of Kavanaugh's house, under cloak of darkness and trees. You know, he was in all black. Even the soles of his boots were padded for stealth. But no, thank God, he continued to walk down the street. He got cold feet. What can I say? He dials 911, dispatch answers, and he says that he's having suicidal thoughts. And he came to kill a specific Supreme Court justice. It was only then that Montgomery police were dispatched. Roski was still on the phone with 911 when they finally approached him. The Montgomery police, not the U.S. Marshals that saw him earlier get out of the cab, looking mightily suspicious if you ask me. They let him alone. Didn't even bother to question him. What the what? So this is what they found in Roski's backpack. Weapons and other supplies, including a Glock 17 with two magazines and ammunition, a tactical knife, pepper spray, a hammer, a screwdriver, a crowbar, zip ties, and duct tape, along with other gear. But Nancy Pelosi will not bring the bill to the floor. Let's listen to Kevin McCarthy speak on the floor on this matter. Earlier today, a man was arrested for plotting to kill Justice Kavanaugh. Over a month ago, the Senate unanimously passed a bill to provide more security for Supreme Court justices and their family. But House Democrats have let that bill gather dust. This is the same parties whose heated rhetoric has encouraged political pressure on conservative justices. 
Former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said, I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly do continue to encourage that outside judges' homes, and that's the President's position. And Majority Leader Schumer said, I want to tell you, Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Gorsuch, you have unleashed a whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hits you if you go forward with these awful decisions. With that, Mr. Speaker, I ask unanimous consent to take from the Speaker's table S-4160, the Supreme Court Police Parity Act, and ask for its immediate consideration in the House. The chair is constrained not to entertain the request unless it has been cleared by the bipartisan floor and committee leaderships. No, I'm just stating that there is no objection on the Republican side, so that would only be the Democrats holding the bill up. So the main point I'm making is that the Democrat leadership are lax in protecting our Supreme Court justices. If any of them fall victim to the zombie deep state brown shirt mob, the blood is on your hands, Democrat leadership. We'll be back with Chet's intriguing interview. Freedom on Deck, 94.9, Fox News. There are no answers here when you look out, you don't see it. There was no promise made, the part you played, the chance you took. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and Stimulating Talk. Um, this weekend is my final weekend with the boys. My two boys, Tristan and Liam, will be going off to New Hampshire. Uh, as I've said before, this is a move that their mother and their stepfather and them are embarking on that I totally approve of to get out of New York State as fast as possible and I would love to be able to say that I'm doing the same right now um I'm I'm planning on it I'm hoping that I can as soon as possible I don't know when exactly that will be but uh if and when that happens as far as this show is concerned you don't really have to worry about that I can I can do this show from Mars if I want to and still have the guys and the guests on um, and it won't happen anytime soon anyway. I'll probably be at least a year, maybe two years behind them as far as getting out of here. Pro the problem is when you live in New York, um, the work is always there and the money's, the money's good. You always make a pretty good wage, but you're always, you never catch up to yourself. It's, it, you know, and that's kind of always what has kept me here aside from my kids, obviously, uh, but when we were together, when Brandon wasn't in college and he wasn't, you know, out in the real world by himself, um, I always said to myself, I'd love to move, but where am I going to find this kind of work? Where am I going to get the money I'm getting out here? But the bottom line is if you're in New York, even if you're getting paid pretty well, uh, and I, I, I get paid pretty well. I don't want to say how much I make a year, but I make decent money. You're just never going to really have much. You'll have just enough to say that you're doing okay. But you're never going to live the American dream on Long Island, the east, east end of Long Island, unless, uh, 
you know, unless you're one of the very privileged, you know, unless you're getting, uh, you know, your Wall Street bound and and making that money, that moolah, don't have to worry about it. Maybe if you're an illegal, you can kind of like, and people, let me tell you something. In my line of work, I've seen the way that these folks are brought in and shoved into a house together by someone that rents it. Ten heads to a house, uh, and they they bank money and they bring it out. They send it from the bodegas back to their home country, and uh, that doesn't help us. I hate to tell you, it really doesn't. But that that's that's the way that it is. And uh, out here on the East End, it doesn't get any any easier. Anyway, um, I did want to talk about an interesting story that I saw. Uh, happening in Michigan, and this has to do with uh, the governor there, that it, it they went back and they basically disbanded a lot of the, the funds that were going into their policing in Michigan right now. And there is a, there is a new strategy to cut back on public responses from police um for example if there is a call about a uh intruder uh the public response could either be uh taken off the table and i'm serious about this too or it could be set back to uh, a different jurisdiction that would control whether the police respond to your house depending on what the crime is so there's a lot of gray here. It's hard to say exactly what this is all going to be. But the bottom line is they're cutting back on a lot of the funding going into policing throughout Michigan. So some people are not going to get public responses from the police. Now, this is a problem. You know it's going to eventually become an issue. Somebody is going to get hurt very bad. Somebody's going to end up dying a woman's going to end up being raped and murdered. Uh, people are going to take advantage of this situation. If you don't think the criminals are watching uh, what goes on in their districts and don't know exactly what police response would be, they do. They do. They keep up on this stuff. It's their job <laughs> in their own way. It's their, let's put it this way, it's not their job. It's their world. It's what they deal in, Right. They're criminals, so they keep up on this kind of stuff, and they know that the police responses are going to be uh, minimal. It's the same thing that happens in New York on the way that uh, if you commit this terrible crime, such as driving under the influence and and uh, you, you hurt somebody, they don't even set bail for you. There was somebody in Shirley, I mentioned this a couple years back on the radio, here in New York, with some of the no-bail laws, there was someone that had had priors for drinking and driving, and also uh, it being intoxicated through chemicals. He was set free the very same day that he was in a car accident because he was drunk and had sent someone, and I don't mean, to, I'm not trying to laugh, it's just so ridiculous, sent someone to the hospital through this accident. It was in Shirley, where my where children grew up, where I lived at one time, where I had a home before uh, before I got ganked by my ex. But um, <laughs> but anyway, this guy hurt somebody. He gets out. He gets 
one of he I don't know whose car it was. He got into another car. He got all high. He drove out. He ran someone over. This time, he killed the guy. It was a young guy walking to work on the on William Floyd, which is a a, a, a road that I'm very familiar with. I've been on many a times, uh, driving with my children and some of my friends. Um, and that's just that can't happen. The problem is, you know, most people don't aren't aware that this kind of stuff is happening in these. Uh, liberal districts and these no bail laws and now with this uh, no police response in Michigan I mean you know there's going to be some bad stuff that happens from all this it's almost impossible to think that there won't be and criminals know they know that if they commit an act in New York of drinking and driving most likely they'll do a night in jail there'll be a no bail set and they'll be out either the next day or, as I said, the day of. Now, how the hell does that happen? You know what? The hardest part for me to believe was when I saw that this person was intoxicated and got out on the same day. I mean, it was like, wait, wait, how did this happen? And uh, you can't get any answers. You can't find out. Most people just poo-poo it. They don't talk about it. And that way, if you're upset about that, uh, you get told to shut your mouth. And I'm sure the family of the man that was rent- a young man, by the way, he's in his 20s, he was walk- walking to work, uh, d- ends up dying. Um, and I'm sure the family was devastated. But nobody cares in the end. Nobody really pushes for change. Nobody, nobody pushes for change if it's change that goes the other way around. Listen. There are bad groups, there are bad apples in every bunch, and I think we can comfortably say here on Freedom on Deck that there are bad apples in the law enforcement community, there are bad apples in uh, the practice of law, there are bad apples in the health industry, the healthcare industry, there are bad apples, uh, you know, in, in people that pump your gas. I mean, you get the point. There are bad apples in every bunch, and there are people taking advantage of situations, yes, but it doesn't mean you put everybody in danger because of that. And the on the other side, for the people that are just totally anti-cop, not every cop is out there trying to arrest black people because they're black or not trying to. And, and especially in the in black districts where most of the cops are black. You can't broad brush it. And, and this whole like, well, we're going to police it from the community. And what happens? Come on, you know what happens. People take advantage. Look at all the stuff that happened in that dump known as Portland, Oregon, the ham of the home of Aunt Quifa, Aunt Tifa, I mean. Look at the hellhole that became for a little while there. I mean, the people of Portland don't care anyway. They're a bunch of aging, ageless hippies. They, they, they don't really have any moral fiber in that district or community known as Portland, Oregon, where everybody stinks. Um... If you could give the country an enema, you'd do it right in Portland, Oregon. That's where I would do it. But you, but you see, there were there's a lot of good people there that don't want that crap, and they don't get any uh, any any play, any airtime, as we would say here on the radio. Sometimes when I say stuff, you know, air, when I say airtime, I mean they don't get heard. All right. So you know, I just thought it was crazy. It's just another. 
another law passed by the dumb politicians that when it starts to affect them and their family, then it will change. Doesn't, isn't that how it always works? Uh, and another thing, how about instead of, you know, if you want to take all the funding away from the police, let's start taking all the funding away from the politicians and all of their uh, protection, all their armed guards. Let's take that away and see how quick that turns around. You know, it's always a uh, more for them, less for you. They'll take a lot from you, believe me. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back. Last segment of the show by C.V. Burton. 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Ball. We want to find the truth But can we even take it Once we've lost our youth How are we to make it And to cut you off good You're coming to me With that soulful look on your face Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 Fox News. Thank you, Chet. Great show. C.V. Burton here to wrap it all up in a neat little bow. I was just thinking, after I did that last piece on retired Judge John Romer, who was shot dead in his home by a vindictive criminal who strangely wounded himself and stayed behind to be caught. Red flag. Then... Immediately on the heels of that, Nick Rusky from California, who also lived in Seattle for a little while, he looks, smells, and acts exactly like Antifa, travels across the country to D.C., where he poses as if he's going to assassinate Judge Kavanaugh. But he calls 911 instead, and they catch him with all these weapons and burglar equipment. Red flag again. You know what? It looks orchestrated to send Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh a message. That and the fact that Nancy Pelosi refuses to bring a vote up that will beef up security for the Supreme Court justices. Just saying, it all seems too coincidental and suspicious to me. Like the elements here are all acting in concert. Just a thought. Now let's drop in on this. January 6th Committee Television Circus, part one of two, which aired Thursday night. And we'll critique it as much as we can in this short amount of time. It's two hours long and I only have 10 minutes or a little over 10 minutes. But I did see former Attorney General Bill Barr in there, who I critiqued last week over the Michael Sussman acquittal. I definitely want to drop in on him again. So we'll at least squeeze that in. It starts off with Benny Thompson, Democrat from Mississippi, and I'll critique what he's saying, and then I'll skip forward here and there. Pursuant to House Deposition Authority Regulation 10, the chair announces the committee's approval to release the deposition material presented during tonight's hearing. Thanks to everyone watching tonight for sharing part of your evening to learn the facts and causes of the events leading up to and including the violent attack on January 6, 2021. 
our democracy, electoral system, and country. Okay, we're barely 20 seconds in, and already there's a lie. There was no violent attack on January 6th. There might have been a scuffle with the police that uh, where the police started it, but nobody showed up with any weapons, and nobody showed up with any intention of starting any violence. So that's lie number one. I'm Benny Thompson, chairman of the January 6th, 2021 committee. I was born, raised... I don't care where you were born and raised. That has nothing to do with the issue at hand here. It's, a, a, it's two hours long. I have to skip around. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. Oh, I see where we're going here. So he's going to associate, or the entire committee is going to associate, the people who protested the November 3rd steal of our democracy with... Racism? Uh, no, that's not going to work. So this is how you're going to go. This is a fiasco from the outset. First of all, slavery and the Ku Klux Klan were Democrats. And you're a Democrat, Benson, Benny, whatever your name is. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists on January 6th, 2021. I object, Your Honor, opinion and conjecture. He's saying that there was an insurrection. How do you have an insurrection without weapons? And how do you associate people who believe the election was stolen with bigotry and quote-unquote racism? I don't believe in racism because I don't believe in race. This guy is an idiot and a buffoon. Let's jump ahead to the witnesses, or whatever you want to call them, because uh, I've had enough of this guy already. Don't believe me? Hear what his former attorney general had to say about it. I warn those who watching that this contains strong language. No, just what I, I've been through. I've had, I had three discussions with the president that I can recall. One was on November 23rd. One was on December 1st. And one was on December 14th. And I've been, been through... through sort of the give and take of those discussions. And in that context, I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bull****. Oh, because you say it was bull boop doesn't mean it was bull boop. Were, were you overseeing the election, Attorney General Bill Barr? No. And let me remind you, this is the same guy who said that Jeffrey Epstein did kill himself. You know, I didn't want to be a part of it, and that's one of the reasons that went into me deciding to leave when I did. I observed, uh, I think it was on December 1st, that, you know, how can we, you can't live in a world where, where the incumbent administration stays in power based on its view, unsupported by specific evidence, that the election, that there was fraud in the election. You know, Bill Barr passes himself off as this giant intellectual and everybody else is like a little peon to him. Meanwhile, he's a complete and total dingling. Donald Trump did not expect to stay in power based on an opinion with no evidence. All he wanted was Pence to send it back to the states where there were questions as to how Trump was ahead, for example, in Pennsylvania, 800,000 votes, and they stopped counting in the middle of the night. It's not even election day anymore. They stopped counting in the wee hours of the morning on December 4th. And while nobody was there, all of a sudden, truckloads 
of ballots came in, like almost a million ballots, and every single one of them is for Biden, and suddenly he wins a swing state? Don't talk to me about no evidence. How about adjudicate a person's concerns? If somebody is claiming a fraud, that person is entitled under our Constitution to be heard in a court of law. And Donald Trump was turned down by every judge in the country, practically. Don't tell me that uh, there was no evidence. You weren't there, Barr. And were you counting the ballots? How do you explain the discrepancies? There's tons of discrepancy. And more evidence keeps coming out all the time. And the only reason you're having these hearings and creating this false narrative of this insurrection, how do you have an insurrection without weapons, is because you're trying to distract away from those discrepancies. You're afraid of the truth. Everybody is afraid. Everybody on the Democrat side is afraid of the truth. Everybody, most Americans do not believe that Joe Biden is a legitimate president. And then you're trying to convict Donald Trump of a crime because you're trying to stop him from running in 2024 because you know that you cannot beat Donald Trump ever, ever legitimately. is not over. There are those in this audience who thirst for power but have no love or respect for what makes America great. Devotion to the Constitution. Allegiance to the rule of law. Oh, oh, you want to talk about the rule of law? What about all those swing states that changed the election laws in the middle of the game without lawful protocol? How about the rule of law that says a person is entitled to his day in court? What about all the January 6th protesters who are languishing in solitary confinement who have never seen the inside of a courtroom and have been accused but have never been tried? How about that rule of law? How about that constitutional right for our individuals? Doesn't seem to apply for patriots or conservatives or political dissidents whom you disagree with. That's not rule of law. That's tyranny. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. And let me echo uh, those words about the importance of, of bipartisanship and what a tremendous honor it is to work on this committee. Mr. Chairman, at 6.01 p.m. on January 6th, after he spent hours watching a violent mob besiege, attack, and invade our capital, Donald Trump This is Liz Cheney, who is vindictive against Donald Trump because he reminded America that 9-11 happened under Bush's watch where her daddy was the VP and top advisor. And then they turned around and tried to create a regime change in Iraq with no plan, with no end game, and leaving the Middle East in ruins and in the hands of extremists, where a few years later under Obama, he gives our best weapons to the rebels in Syria, thus creating ISIS, which was another huge headache that we had to deal with. A never-ending war. All right, I'm out of time. This is Freedom on Deck, 94.9 Fox News Radio. We'll see you next week. Be there and be aware. Be aware.